Welcome to the Dairobi Health Show, covering the world of fitness, nutrition, and supplementation with world-class guests, the latest clinical research, and plenty of tips you can use right away to boost your health and wellness. Here's your host, Dave Sherwin. Hey, welcome to the show. Got a really interesting topic today that was sparked by an email I got from my friends over at Precision Nutrition. If you've listened to the podcast, uh, very many episodes. Anyways, you've probably heard me speak highly of the people at Precision Nutrition. I took their course, which I highly recommend to anybody. I just think I just think it's outstanding, and they really know their stuff. And and uh, John, Dr. John Berardi and his partner, they both have PhDs in nutrition, but more importantly, they they're real experts on human behavior. And they've created some content recently that I thought was well worth sharing with you. And so, in this episode, we're going to explore the nutritional landscape regarding the named diets out there and come up with some practical advice and ideas on how you can choose the best diet for you. And Dr. Berardi was talking about how when he's interviewed by people on the radio or television, they often ask, you know, which is the best diet? And uh, I went through your website and I can't figure out, are you guys paleo or are you keto or do I have to cut up carbs? And and he talks about how that's always frustrating for him because he just doesn't believe in a named diet. And so he wishes he could put together some pithy little answer. But the fact is, people are so diverse. Cultures are so diverse. Budgets are different. There's so many things that are different between people that they have found that there is no one size fits all. And we're going to talk about that and the value, though, of the named diets and I'll put a link in the show notes. This is episode 48. The original article that sparked this, this thought or the, this podcast, I'll put a link to it. It's well worth reading the original. I'm basically going to be summarizing it and adding my own thoughts and lessons learned from others I've had on the podcast and my own experimentation. But if you're like me, you've been aware throughout your life of many named diets. Uh, some of you will remember Fit for Life, a very popular program back in the late 80s, and later on, Body for Life came came along, which is something I did very successfully. I loved it, had a good experience with it. There's, of course, the Atkins diet. Uh, there's people that follow a vegetarian lifestyle, a vegan lifestyle. Uh, paleo has been popular about the last 10 years or so. Uh, low carb is something that is quite popular. The South Beach diet, and on and on and on. In our own podcast, we've had a few different diets represented Sinead Irwin is a huge fan of the ketogenic lifestyle. We had a great episode about that. Michelle Lockhart uh, is more broad-based in her nutritional thinking, but a real focus on plant-based diets. Our rapid weight loss interviews with Jimmy Duggan were fascinating. And if you haven't listened to that first episode with Jimmy Duggan as a, you know, one of the most successful jockeys of all time, he talks about days where he literally had to lose eight pounds in a single day, which is fascinating, but sounds extremely painful and awful but was kind of fun to listen to anyway as he made his living according to how much he weighed. So he had to eat very much according to maintaining an ideal weight as a jockey. And we talked about VLCDs, uh, which stands for very low calorie diets, which are popular for rapid weight loss. Uh, Dr. Lewis, who was on the show recently, talked about eating for longevity and how basically the bottom line is to eat quality foods and not too much, too many of them, which is a popular way of of eating. Uh, Lauren Stewart talked about the blue zones and the four different diets, the Mediterranean diet, the Russian diet, the Japanese diet, and the diet of the people in California in that blue zone and how they ate 
And those are all very different diets from each other. So how is a person supposed to sort this all out and come up with a way of eating? For me, I've got my book, Formula 7, which you can get for free, by the way, on dirobi.com, in which from all my research and understanding, I've, I've talked about the idea of just balancing carbs, fats, and proteins according to the size of your hand. Carbs according to the, you know, carbs about the size of your fist, fats about the size of your thumb, and proteins about the size of your palm, which of course would not keep you in a ketogenic state. And so all of these things seem to be conflicting. Well, it may seem like we hear all over the map nutritionally representing all these different ways of thinking, but there is a method to our madness because because there is no one size fits all, but one of these named diets really could be awesome for you and better than what you're currently doing. But I try to be agnostic when it comes to best diets. I agree with Dr. Berardi on the uh, article that he posted, which again, I'll put a link to in episode 48 of the show. By the way, just go to dirobi.com, click on the blog and search for episode 48. It'll come right up. And of course, he, he says that the best diet is the one that works for you and may be very, very different from one person to another. Uh, Quote, he says, I don't believe there's a single absolutely positively without a doubt best diet for every person to follow always and forever. And the challenge is there are just too many variables. Here's a short list of the variables that we're, we're talking about here. Gender, men and women could need different, you know, have different nutritional needs. Ethnicity, Religious or moral considerations, such as not eating meat or drinking alcohol. Uh, Likes and dislikes, or maybe some perfectly healthy foods out there that you simply can't stomach. Goals, this is an interesting one. You know, if your goal is basically, uh, let's take the American Medical Association. It appears to me, uh, from what I know about them, that, that good health, in their opinion, is lack of disease. That if you don't have a disease, you're in good health. And... For some people, that's probably their goal and they're perfectly fine with that. But if your goal is more than that, if you want to have, um, you know, really great vitality and energy and strength or speed or be able to run a marathon or, or be a CrossFit competitor or whatever, right? Then your goals will be higher than that and you're going to have to eat to a higher standard uh, than that and perform and, and train to a higher standard. But that's personal, right? What's, again, right for one person is totally different than another. Age, as we age, our needs change. Then there are allergies and, and limitations between people on what they can eat. There's also budgetary considerations. Not everyone can afford to eat a uh, very pure, uh, organic-type lifestyle and buy everything from their local expensive um, natural food store. Uh, Time in the day. Some people have a lot of time on their hands for preparing meals. Others just don't. Location or country that you live in and on and on and on. So sometimes these named diets work really well for people, and that's terrific and gives a great track to run on. Because the thing is, if the ketogenic diet appeals to you or the South Beach or the whatever, fill in the blank of named diet, that is really cool because now you can join a Facebook group about that. You can find tons of recipes. You can find lots of support. You could buy yourself a program, maybe a a $20, $50, or maybe $100 program created by a real expert uh, that could really make a big difference for you. For example, I did that a few years ago when I was a very competitive triathlete. I bought one of Ben Greenfield's diets 
It was a low carb diet for endurance athletes. And I did that for a whole season and I had great success with it as, as far as performance. And, uh, I, I felt like that, I think it was $97. I felt like that was money well spent. And in that case, I bought a, a named diet. I followed it carefully and it gave me a track to run on. It gave me uh, clarity. And rather than just go to the pantry or the, or the fridge and just eat whatever was there, I had a shopping list and, and certain foods to eat on certain days and even certain, uh, uh, ways of eating the, the week of a race and, uh, the week, uh, the days of certain training, if there was really hard training, the diet was adjusted according to what I was doing. So it was really, uh, well thought out and something that made it really easy for me to do, just spent my money and then had a solution that made my life easier. So that's the advantage of the named diet. So I'm not here to say that all these named diets are terrible by any means, but at the same time, one person who's on one of these diets then goes to all their friends saying, you got to do this. This is the best thing ever. And they think that it's now the diet that everyone should do because it's working so well for them. And that's where it doesn't, it doesn't really work uh, that way. So Beware of people who are absolutely committed to a single dietary philosophy. Here's another quote from Dr. Berardi. Physiology, uh, physiologically, sorry, the human body can do well under a host of different nutritional conditions. That's a really powerful quote right there. And so the body can adapt and do well on, under all kinds of different diets. And again, I refer you to the Blue Zones episode we did where people tend to be much healthier than others on the planet. And yet we're talking about people from four totally different parts of the world, uh, California, Japan, Greece, and Russia. And their diets were very, very different. And yet they all had generally uh, much better health than the rest of the population and more centenarians or people that live to be over 100 than any other areas of the world. So just proving the point that one size does not fit all. Another quote from Dr. Brardy, when you work with actual human beings, you must be a nutritional agnostic. I like that, a nutritional agnostic. It allows for room, it allows for flexibility, it allows for personal goals and um, takes away some of the rigidity that makes it difficult for people to do named diets. Because let's face it, sometimes those named diets have some very strict rules. You know, I have some pretty good goals, I think, for myself um, as far as um, strength and achievement and things that I want to do in my life and longevity. But not so strict that I never want to eat another piece of pizza or not have cheesecake, right? So that's personal. Uh, some people want to be more strict than that. Again, one of the things you get to decide is your diet going to be so strict that you can't go to a party and, or have a dessert uh, when you're out on a Friday night? So there's no such thing as a true nutritional religion. I believe that. I think it's a good concept. I think it's a good concept to teach to those people that really believe that paleo is the only way or keto is the only way or South Beach or Atkins, etc., etc. So some of the key components to the precision nutrition success, and by the way, if you haven't heard of precision nutrition, I've already recommended them. I, rec I don't make any money, by the way, for uh, referring them. So, you know, I just don't want you to think that I'm, you know, giving you a link that if you click on it and buy something, I make money. I don't. I just have taken their course and I have a lot of confidence in them and their philosophies. And here's a few of the principles that they teach. Uh, 
one of the reasons why named diets tend to work is not because they're so different from everything else, but they have a lot in common actually, because all of them focus on eliminating low quality foods and eating more plant-based foods. They all have that in common. And that for a lot of people makes a major difference in their life. Number two, research has proven that simply being more aware of what you eat leads to losing fat, getting lean, and general health improvements. In other words, choosing any of the named diets raises your awareness about what you're putting in your mouth, and that can have as much to do with your success as anything else. Number three, all named diets help eliminate nutritional deficiencies because they're pretty much all against factory-made food and all for farm-grown food. Number four, uh, number, let's see, where are we? Three, number four. Yeah, number four. Uh, They all help control appetite and food intake. Again, critical, no matter what that food is, controlling your appetite and controlling how much you take in is a critical part of success. And number five, another uh, commonality between all of them, they all promote regular exercise. And so there's no such thing as one universal best diet And in short, the best diet to follow is the one that's best for you. So here are some tips about how to come up with a plan for yourself. If you currently don't have a plan, you're not on a named diet and you're maybe struggling, you know, to reach your goals or lose weight or whatever it is you're trying to do, I've got eight points here that hopefully would would help based on my, my own research. Number one is keep it simple. If it's complex or difficult and you're feeling like, oh, this sounds really, really good, but as you read through whatever it is that you're considering doing, it sounds difficult, chances are you won't stick with it. And uh, that's not to be negative. It's just human nature. Uh, it It is common for us to get very excited about things, but then when we're excited about them, it's easy to do them. But over time, because we're human and we have ups and downs, in our downs, if it's difficult, we tend to drop them and then possibly even revert and and do binge eating and things like that. So if it seems difficult right in the beginning, then chances are you need to not do it and find something more simple. Number two, identify your goals first. Before you go and choose a diet, maybe you ought to sit down and spend more time figuring out what it is you want to do. What is most important to you? Because the nutritional plan for somebody who simply wants to remain symptom-free, like I talked about earlier, requires a totally different plan than uh, if you want to be an Olympic athlete of some sort, right? Number three, try to keep it principle-based rather than technique-based. Techniques don't always work. Sometimes they work for one person and not another. Sometimes they work for a while but not forever. But principles tend to work for everybody all the time. So principle behavior-based plans tend to be the most successful. Number four, make sure your plan has a good balance of carbs, fats, and protein that will help you reach your goals. Now, again, the word good here, it totally depends on you. Some people do better on low carbs. Some people do better with a lot of carbs and moderate amounts of protein, low amounts of fat. I mean, this is something that's worthy of some experimentation. Uh, The balance between the macros is probably the biggest differentiator between all the named diets. And so... Figuring this out for yourself and maybe getting yourself a health coach would be the best way to, to, to figure this out. But figuring out the balance of carbs, protein, fat is a critical aspect of creating a plan.
Number five, research nutritional deficiencies and if possible, get tested to see if you have any. Usually inexpensive supplementation can really help fill in deficiencies, uh, many of which will remain even if you do a very, very healthy diet. I've told the story before about Green Smoothie Girl um, uh, that, that she ate a very, very pure high plant-based diet for five years and then did, a, did blood work and was shocked to learn, for example, that she was mineral deficient and had to supplement with uh, minerals. So uh, having a simple supplement strategy is something that's easy to do because you just go buy the supplements, right? They're inexpensive on Amazon or at your local health food store. And there's just a few major deficiencies that most people have. Uh, and you could always listen to our episode on uh, the four types of uh, uh, supplements and how to um, create a personal supplement plan. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. Make sure, this is number six, make sure your plan includes at least five hours of exercise per week. There's just way too much research that bears this out to ignore. If you still are operating under the assumption that you can work out three times a week for 20 minutes and to have success, that just is not true. There is no science behind that. There's no research that bears that out. Uh, it's the American Heart Association that I think is the strongest on this saying, look, the number is five hours. And you know what? You, there's all kinds of things you can do to make that fun. If you're, if you're picturing you know, going to a gym where people are staring at you and, and where you feel out of place and you're not comfortable, that's not what you have to do. You can find an exercise regimen that works for you and something you enjoy and just try to get in those five hours every week. But that's got to be part of the plan. And number seven, convert your ideas. Once you've come up with the thing that you want to follow, whether a named diet or, or just a, um, a certain way of eating, uh, with a balance between the carbs, protein, and fat, like I, I talked about, convert those ideas into a shopping list. And number eight, convert your shopping list into a simple meal plan and pre-make meals whenever possible. And I've referred this book before, and I'll, I'll mention it again, and it's Tim Ferriss's Four-Hour Body, where there's an excellent chapter on, on the value of pre-made meals and the value of coming up with a very few lists uh, a very few um, uh, short lists of breakfast, lunch, and dinner options. For example, if you just chose three really healthy breakfasts and you had the ingredients on hand at all times for those and three very healthy lunches and three very healthy dinners and you cycled through those, you'll find that when they're foods that you really, really love, that you have quite a bit of variety. It leads to a lot of different options and of course, you're always going to have days where you eat out and where things get changed up just naturally. But if you choose just three great breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that fit your criteria in terms of balance and having enough vegetables and all those things, that you can make sure and always have those things on hand, that you can always be eating according to a way that you've predetermined and, and with meals that you enjoy and that you picked out yourself. So I hope that these ideas have been helpful to you and that you like this discussion about the named diets and whether they have a place for you or not on being nutritionally agnostic. I think it's a powerful concept. At the same time, I do think it's good to have a plan and determine the best way of eating for you. And it's worth experimenting. It might be more difficult to figure this out for you as a personal plan than simply getting one of these named diets and just following it, but well worth it in the end, this concept of 
experimentation and just figuring out what works best for you because in the end we're all so unique we all have our own goals we have all those differences that i talked about earlier it's well worth figuring out what really works for you and what your favorite healthy foods are and then filling your fridge and pantry with those so that you can eat the way that really makes your heart sing and really makes you feel your best and perform your best and sleep well and all those good things that come from living a healthy lifestyle. Until next time, this is Dave Sherwin wishing you health and success. Thanks for listening to the Dairobi Health Show. Make sure and check dairobi.com for a free copy of Dave's excellent health book, Formula 7, and enter to win in our free Bottle Friday contest. If you're enjoying the show, leave your review on iTunes. See you next time.